And welcome to episode 302 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix of Fire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our um, Head of Health and Safety, uh, Commander Edleweiss, that's Ben Moss Woodward. See, Mark, we are starting on time, so... Okay. Um, We also have our um, Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. You notice, although we may have started on time, we haven't started maturely and... We never never start maturely. I'm going to say, if we acted our our age, this would sound like Radio 4, for goodness sake. (laughs) Is it yet a shipping forecast for it? Don't say, don't best, best say that. About best mature thing is a good mature cheese. No, the, 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 you don't want to say anything about the the, the shipping forecast because as soon as you get to Dogger, it gets really, really. Um, ben gets excited, apparently. So, <laughs> my palms are sweaty already. Uh, um, right, we will await our deputy trade attaché, Commander Souverine, uh, who will be joining us later on. But um, at the moment in time, um, if you wish, um, is anybody actually flying around at the moment in game? Yeah, I'm lurking at Lave at the moment. I might, I might pootle around Lave Station, or if other people come and do come come and get me, them might just. I might stay here, otherwise I might go somewhere else and do other things. I don't know. I'll see how I feel. Ah, that's that's good to hear. Um, right. Well, if you cannot join uh, Ben flying around uh, Leave Station, then you can get to join us in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through leaveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat, or you can go straight to Twitch at twitch.tv slash radio. So, we'll just have a, a quick word with everybody, see how they've been for the last week, uh, obviously. So, um, Ben, you first. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been really good. Um, I, right, I know you two gentlemen remember Frontier Expo 2017, and a certain Commander Moof, who got me with some very tasty, but also red, fleeping hot... Uh, pork scratchings. Well, I've gone off and got me them deliberately, and I'm now inflicting them deliberately on myself. Um, because they were really tasty, despite the fact I swore for about ten minutes after he gave me them. <laughs> they were very nice, and I did keep I did keep going back for them after, during the during the show, if you remember. Yes, I remember you. You were certainly a masochist, shoving oh, yeah. them down your throat. They were lovely. Was... Just. Painful. <laughs> I just Thank remember. You, I have another. Yeah, I just remember your expression when you took that. When you actually had that first spicy peanut, and then that was it. You <laughs> it looked as if your face was going to explode. <laughs> of course, Moof himself was actually um, obviously. Moof's face did his... explode. Yeah, <laughs> mind you, he was dressed up as a thargoid, which that is true. 
I, did, I think he lost a bet or something, didn't he? Uh, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I got I, I got me some of them, and also my old headset for the show was on its last legs. I had Logitech three oh uh, three. Oh, 305 or something like that. Logitech's wireless headset headset from about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gone off and replaced it basically with the the current generation of it. Um, and yeah, I have to say so far, they, they sound good. They're nice and comfy. I, they've got two features that I do love over my old one, though. One is the USB dongle. If you don't have it plugged into your computer, you can put it into your right ear cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got a little hole that you can just hide it into. And the microphone, instead of just flipping up and just being there for you to attack, it actually folds into the into the headset. So it looks a lot nicer. Ah, uh, right, gotcha. Is it the yeah, Arctic yeah. 7 that you've got, Ben? No, oh, it's a wild the... wild suit appears. <laughs> and yeah, was... a wild suit arrives, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's the... Oh, you're going to make me look for them, aren't you? Uh, Logitech... Uh, I've got to stand up and dig in. Uh, Good. Uh, Because mine's got a... uh, Mine's the the Arctis or Arctic 7, and it's got the mic that it that retracts and uh, and it's got a dongle thing but i didn't know you could i didn't know there was place to i didn't know there was a nook to put it in on the on the headset it's, right it's the logitech g935 that i've got oh, right, now. Okay. Oh, and i had the g930 or something like that beforehand right okay fair enough uh, so i stayed i stayed with logitech basically because yeah. i've had very good experience with them in the past so why not cool tiny my box away now hang on mm. there we go your box of uh, what is that? Your man box? It's it's my my <laughs> head. I've put my headphone box away, rather than just leaving it lying around my room, because then then I'll just you know, I'll be a lazy bugger and my box will be lying in my room for about the next four months or something like that. Yeah, all, all shoved full of any why you didn't know what powers <laughs> what will be shoved into that box. Uh, um, I have se- I have several drawers like that already. Oh right. Harry Kondo in our house, any box anything comes in is instantly marked for the recycle pile. So I have to be really careful and cunning where I hide the boxes. Uh, no, I very I very deliberately any electronics that I get, I very deliberately hold on and store the boxes. Mm-hmm. If it's something I don't give a shit about, then boxes in the bin. But yeah, if for sake of argument, I'm going to move. I'm going to pack the. If I move, I'm going to put these headphones back in the box, and then I'll be moved. Then everything just stays nice and safe that way. Uh, so I've got boxes for my monitors. I've got boxes for my PC. Boxes for my mouse, for my joystick. Just to find, look after everything. Do you find? Pardon? Do you find that anything you take out of a box grows by between five and eight <laughs> percent? It's so true. Box. It, it really does. I don't know how that happens, but I. Yeah, I, I don't know how they get these things into boxes. It's a failure of transcendental engineering. Anyway, Commander Souverine, welcome. And what have you been up to? Hello. Uh, what have I been up to? I have been the search for. Um, uh, that's my microwave going in the background because I'm making a coffee. Um, the search for uh, Souvland. Hold on. Hold on. Can we just inter- interject something? Souverine, 
Are you really heating water up in a cough in a microwave? I would, I would, no, 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 no. I, I, I was, I was putting. Uh, I, I have quite milky coffee. I've got got a lot of milk, so I boil the kettle, and then it's mostly. Um, I've got a coffee machine to make sort of decent cappuccino type things in the morning. Yeah. In, in the evenings, I uh, just like sort of um, decaf granules, uh, in, instant. And so I, I, it's mostly hot water. So I boil the kettle and then put the coffee in it. Like, and yeah, then yeah, lots yada, yada. of milk. But I put then... quite a lot of milk in. So, so when I put the, um, while the kettle's boiling, I put the milk in the mug first and pop the milk in the microwave for thirty seconds, just so it doesn't really cool the coffee, um, the water down. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And I don't know about the rest of the guys, but I will forgive you. Good. I'm glad. Um, no. I will. Uh, I will continue to 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 fight for forgiveness from for the rest of them um, over the next few weeks. I, I don't think that, that you've got anything to worry about as far as that's concerned. Anyway, what else have you been up to this week? Because we were rudely interrupted by Ben's water heating. It's not right, we were. I was, I was shocked and verging on disgusted. <laughs> Legit. Uh, I have been uh, searching for a new place to live. Um, the search for our next home continues. Um, we we actually don't have particularly stringent requirements. Like we've been looking at it, and we've got loads of nice to haves, but very few red lines. Like we we want some outside space with like a roof terrace, ideally, rather than a garden, because neither of us are gardeners. Um, we want sort of three bedrooms, ideally, but we'll settle for two because we're not having kids. Um, we'll uh, we want to be on a nice road, but we'll look at flat, decent flats that are not on particularly nice roads. So we're kind of like. I kind of feel like I don't. If I was an estate agent, I don't know whether I'd be. I don't know whether I'd find me annoying or not because we'll sort of look at anything really. Um, and so we've got you know all these all these is this list of nice to have parameters and very few hard lines. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just about finding the right thing that's got all of them. But the, the good news is that we've got and our budget is is you know we we, we can get. Um, uh, with, there are op lots of options within uh, within. We can't get everything we want. We can't get all the nice to haves, but we can get enough of them to to be happy. So um, so yeah, it's just a case of sifting through really. But we've got sort of seven or eight um, or more uh, options at the moment on Right Move and and the estate agents have sent us that we're looking at. One of the um, one of the really fun ones is um, I saw a, a really distressed three bedroom terraced house uh, near where we live now. We're, we're looking pretty locally because we quite like our postcode. Um, and um, it's got a commercial premises underneath. We, we, could, we could open a wine bar or something. Um, that sounds so, really dodgy, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, but I mean, that would be quite fun. Um, or a cafe or something. Um, and um, uh, yeah, and, and, and it's, it's comfortably below our budget for the move. So um, the thing so is, what's, what's wrong with it then? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you said it was distressed. What's so. wrong with it is that it's. What's wrong with it is that the building is knackered. Like the the windows all need replacing. The the pictures of the kitchen and the bathroom are pretty gross. Like it's perfectly livable, but it it mm. just looks a bit knackered. It, it looks like it looks like the kind of flats you rented in your first five years out of uni, um, and um, not you specifically, you know, generally. No, um, you'd, you'd probably be about right. <laughs> <laughs> so it would want. A, it would want a bit of money spending on it, but it's comfortably below budget, so we could spend that money on it. And to be honest, I'd rather... I'm quite tempted on getting something that looks a bit tired, that needs a bit of money spending on it, because in London, at least, you get... you get That's the way to get the best value. Like, if you, if you go for really high spec, so it looks and photographs beautifully, you're kind of paying at the top of the market. But if, if, but if you buy something that's 
uh, if you buy something that looks a bit tired, you can easily get the same type of thing, you know, on a similar road, similar number mm. of bedrooms, all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But you can easily get it for like a hundred grand cheaper. You can spend twenty grand on it to get it up to the same spec. So I'm sort of increasingly tempted to to look at something that looks a little bit tired and and roll my sleeves up and and um, you'll become a property flipper. Yes, exactly, precisely, precisely that. But the um, so this one on on uh, down the road from from our flat, it's quite a large three-bedroom freehold house which is already sort of you know that, that's kind of ideal and we're, and we're looking at most of what we're looking at as flats free you know mm. free freehold houses are, are at the top end of of the nice to haves um and it's got this the ground floor is this commercial premises so i was thinking well you know if it's if it's comfortably you know if it's sort of 15 percent below our budget and it's got a commercial premises we're already comfortably within the mortgage that we were going to be spending on a um on uh on our flat anyway so we could buy something with a commercial thing on it and then just open a cafe or something and we wouldn't actually have any you know because we own the freehold we wouldn't have any rent to pay um and it wouldn't be any more expensive You're than just buying going to need to be a bit careful sorry we're turning into grand designs now aren't we but uh, <laughs> you're going to be a little bit careful if what you plan to do with that commercial property underneath you because the terms of your mortgage may exclude you from doing anything commercially with it. On on the other hand, um, what we found is that our first house we moved into and it was perfect. We didn't need to do anything with it. Hmm. And we didn't. And it never really felt like ours because it was too nice to change. Yeah, okay. So having a place that you spend a few years doing up and making your own actually makes it more rewarding and feels more like home than buying a ready-made place. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, 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 this this flat that we live in at the moment was my – I bought it on my own six years ago, and uh, it was my first house. And I, um, I've done bits to it. I like put shelving in and, and put tiles up in the kitchen and stuff, and it's a, it feels like mine. But, um, but yeah, I totally know what you mean. Um, I am, I do have an appetite for the project. I think it would be, um, I think taking on something that is a bit of a bargain and needs a bit of work would be quite fun. Um, and since Cal isn't on as much as he used to be, precisely. we can have a house update. That can yeah, I can be the new house update. Years. Yes, you might even see progress. It no, be no, no that, that's breaking. That's breaking live radio tradition. We can't have that. <laughs> Sorry, as soon as you buy that rundown hovel, that's what you've got to stay in. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not amusing for the rest of us. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, one thing I thought of is that if we do—I don't know if we will—but if we do go for this, this uh, uh, an option with commercial bit underneath, uh, I would like listeners to write in or mention in chat what they think I should call it. Uh, should it be a wine bar? Should it be a cafe? Should it be a, um, I, I don't know, anything like a... Um, a German a Greek... sex dungeon, obviously. <laughs> Potentially a German sex dungeon. I might need a slightly different license. Uh, a, um, a greasy spoon. Uh, but and, and also, you know, what should I call it? You know, um, the, uh, you know, what's, call it combat rank, uh, mostly harmless, you know, all, all those sort of things. So if you have an idea for what Souverine could call his... Is cafe slash wine bar. I know. Uh, I've got themed. Then please do write in and let us know. You Not can call. Thing. You can call it the Cummings Optician. <laughs> <laughs> Being boring actually for a sex week. Is that a drive-through? Come <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on, Ah, uh, speakeasies not becoming more and more of a thing in London at the moment. Uh, yeah, they are, but it's a. It's just a. 
it's just a stupid marketing thing because I mean, well, the I was idea just of- thinking you could get somebody to walk through your flat, and then through they walk through your flat, so they're just like, yeah, you come into my flat, and then you go downstairs and you're in a bar. Yes, but speakeasy by necessity means somewhere that is uh, an illicit bar during prohibition. We don't live in yeah. prohibition, so really, a speakeasy. Well, there's a theme. Yes, no, exactly. It's just a, it's just a theme. So yeah, it could, it could yeah. be a speakeasy, but re- but realistically, that just means 1920s themed bar, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Which with is... a secret door. With a secret, yeah, exactly. With a secret door. I would, yeah, with a secret door. knock on the front door. That's what you need. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, I do like a pair of secret knockers. <laughs> it could, uh, yeah. If you want to be really cool, community too. speakeasy. If you want to be really cool, Sue, the thing to have is to have the, the tables flip over. You know, when they press a button and all the tables flip over and it becomes, it turns from a bar into a library. Internet cafe. And they've all got X52s bolted to them and everybody, <laughs> and everybody starts flying <laughs> spaceships. <laughs> so there you have it, the Souverain Game Cafe, where everybody is linked in with Elite Dangerous and full VR rigs. So um, we'll hope to hear updates on that then. Yep, I'll keep you fully apprised. Um, we, I, I put mine, mine or my flat's going to go on the market probably end of this week, beginning of next. So, uh, so yeah, we should be moving fairly quickly. We've obviously got to buy. Sorry, we've obviously got to choose where we're going to where we're going to move to. Um, mm. But uh, we're narrowing uh, it down. Uh, and and then, I've been, then you got oh. the joys of the chain. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the chain. Yes, I really look forward to that. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the other option is is buying a brand new. There's a place that I'm looking at tomorrow, which is I'm actually looking at right now because I'm standing on my balcony looking north, and uh, it's a brand new, nice sort of block of flats that's just sort of 150 yards away. And I'm going to look at one of the top floor ones of that. Tomorrow. The other the other trick to ask for too, if you're Go buying on. a new, if you're buying a new build, and again check with your mortgage provider, is instead of offering asking for money off the the build. Hmm. You ask the developer to put the money they would have taken off the property as a, as part of your deposit. So not only do you get possibly get a better interest rate, you've also then not devalued the property because the yeah 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 because the the, the land property value is derived from the land registry and what they were sold at. Yeah. So if you sell if you sell it. Higher price, and let's say you get ten grand off. If that ten grand is then put forward by the developer, because they're going to give you anyway as a deposit, your house is then worth ten grand more on the land registry. So you've not devalued it. Makes, it, makes a good point. Yeah. So, yeah. Some some mortgage people don't do that though. I mean, it used to, used to be quite common to do that about fifteen years ago. So it's worth trial checking anyway. It's called a okay. gifted deposit. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. Um, if we if we get to if we get to offer making stage anywhere, I'll um, yeah, it's worth a, worth mentioning. I haven't actually. I've never heard of that being done. Um, it's a good trick. Um, the winter mute says, "Call it the gentleman loser," because no one else will get the reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we'll move on from uh, live radio um, house house hunt. <laughs> Home bargain hunt or whatever it is these days. Uh, Shan? Um, I've been geeking out. I, I've discovered the joys of Raspberry Pi. Um, what, ha- what I spent a couple of days doing is um, I, I got a Raspberry Pi Zero and um, 
Mark, the, the the Tesla records sentry cam video and dash cam video onto mm-hmm. onto a device, usually an SSD or USB stick. But what you can do, you can put it on this Raspberry Pi device. It will record on there. Then when it comes within range of a Wi-Fi, automatically copies the contents of its SD card onto a server. So you automatically back up your dash cam footage and stuff like that just by driving in the uh, in range. Oh, nice. So any deaf people driving in front of you that cause a major collision, we, we could actually then see that in uh, being broadcast. We could retwitch bad accidents in front of Shan's well, car. I hope not. I wouldn't get to see that, but yeah. Anyway, that's my bit of geekiness anyway. And it, it was good actually to do something technical and Unixy because it's been a number of years since I did Unixy stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's been really cool actually. Really enjoyed it. When we um uh, when we do the occasional show where we all uh, everybody streams their screen, Shan, Shan should just screen his uh, screen should just stream his uh, dash cam. Yeah. So, I, like, you know, we're all in our spaceships and we just see the bonnet of Shan's Tesla. <laughs> I can see the bonnet because it's, 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 there's like, it's tons of cameras around it. So you can basically choose your camera angle. Oh, fruity. I look forward to it. Yeah, that sounds fine. Well, on the subject of, uh, of car accidents, um, yeah, um, this week I got knocked off my bike on the way to work, which was fun. Um, so as you can imagine, I'm, I'm sort of still a little, uh, <laughs> a little bit sore, um, in game itself. Um, hey, sorry, just so did you have dash cam footage of you being knocked off your bike? No, I wish what, I had. What actually happened? I mean, we, this is a bit, this is a bit concerning to our Colin listeners and fans. You know, you, you get, you get attacked the, the, by... The, there's no Colin listeners on or slash fans. <laughs> there are people who tolerate I, me. <laughs> I, I, what do you think, uh, Ben and Sue? I think there are Colin fans out there. I think all of our listeners, are, all seven of them, are tribally, uh, <laughs> tribally loyal to individual members of the panel. So um, <laughs> I, I'm envisaging giant gang warfare scenes like the, uh, like the big fight off of Anchorman where the Shan fans duke it out with the Sue fans <laughs> and, uh, and the Ben fans ambush the, the Colin fans. Or oh, one uh, of them. Ca- <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Carrying lead pipes and stuff. I think it'd be great. Oh dear! Okay. Like, we're going to have to organise that at Lake Year's LiveCon then. Phantasm <laughs> is definitely a Colin fan then, because he's saying, "Oof, you're right, mate." Oh, that's <laughs> Every, everybody else is going hashtag team team Suv, hashtag team Fozzer. <laughs> yes, team Suv. All right. <laughs> Fozzer's not been on for for months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does sound, yeah, it does sound like gang beast, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Make the right choice, listeners. You know, you, you know what it is. <laughs> and I want to remind Kaizen, who I helped get his show actually appearing on YouTube on Saturday night or Sunday night or whatever it was, um, um, going off and saying Team Soove there. Nice one, Kai. Nice one. Yeah, I know it's these things. <laughs> Yeah, well, effectively, what happened was that somebody turned right into a road 
just ahead of me as I was uh, passing said road and uh, basically knocked me off the bike. So that's it. Thank- thankfully, uh, my backpack was full of, of clothes because basically I, I change when I get to work. And because it was full of uh, nice, soft clothes, my back was, was cushioned. Um, hey. It stopped as it continued to drive by, and oh yeah, he he stopped and then suddenly apologised and he offered to pay to pay to repair the bike because the front wheel's gone. <laughs> Presumably, you're going to take him up on that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, so basically, uh, although very um, light, you a car can buy the wheels, can't you? He says. Well, there are. It's um, I just want my bike back. Because at the moment I just feel that I need to get into work, and I'm going. I don't like going in on the train for obvious reasons at the moment, uh, and it makes me feel. F- I feel like I'm, f- I'm getting fatter every day. I'm not on that bike, which is is not good. Uh, I've even taken to the to to starting the couch to five k thing, <sighs> and after uh, I'm on day four of it. I'm having a rest day, and uh, I must admit, I have never been in so much pain in my legs <laughs> in my life. Mm. Yes. But anyway, um, uh, in-game, like I said, um, I've actually now the proud owner of an Anaconda. This is the first time I've actually upgraded to the big ship, and... Um, I'm loving it. I must admit, I didn't think I, I think I had an Anaconda for about two hours before. Uh, flew about in it, didn't like it at all. Swore off that I'd never try one. And of course, uh, I've now had one for a week and I'm thoroughly enjoying just shredding everything I come across, which is fantastic. <laughs> what are you using it for? Uh, just be, well, I'm rushing, I'm running missions for the Dark Wheel in, um, in Shinastra Desra at the moment, so basically it's a general purpose thing. Uh, it's not it's not going up against other players just yet, but um, I, I'm going to need to get good for that one. But uh, yes, I must admit it. Is, I just love the fact that it can do anything that I that I wanted to. Yeah, it's a it's a bloody good hull. A friend of mine is. Um... Uh, he, he's sort of one of the do everything optimally, make loads of money type players. Um, he loves big ships, and he uh, and he sort of went. Cannot lie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he went through his Corvette and his his cutter phase, and he always comes back to the Anaconda, and he just says it's he says it's just one of the best hulls in the game because um, it, <laughs> it can do anything. Um, and those hard points as well. Oh yeah, I mean, I must admit, just watching the, the thrusters fire as you manoeuvre is, is mesmerising. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't realise what the the, uh, the. It's only until I saw the external view and flew the ship in external view did I see how many thrusters actually fire just to turn the ship round. I just <laughs> thought that that is an amazing attention to detail. Uh, How'd you find I mean, visibility. Uh, that is the one thing that I do have a, a trouble with, because if you've my, my favourite ship has always been the Asp because you've had such fantastic visibility, and now you've got this huge long Spitfire nose right in front of you that cuts off half of your screen real estate, and yeah, you have to be more aware of things, and I certainly understand that it's Achilles' heel is a group of players flying black eagles with real guns because there is no way 
your ship would be able to turn around and hit those things, especially if they go stealthy. That's why the bigger ships, maybe apart from the Corvette, but certainly the the Cutter um, in PVE anyway, they're designed to fly with turrets. Mm. Maneuverability. Um, It it doesn't help that turrets are gimped in terms of uh, damage output, but you're it's supposed to give like a battleship or a cruiser mm-hmm. style, you know, where you have to turn to optimize your turrets and things. It's supposed to give that that experience, but of course, no one fl- flies like that hardly. No, but uh, I have seen uh, video footage of, uh, say, a, uh, a wing of four eagles, pretty, you know, cut down eagles, take out a player anaconda because basically the anaconda. Um, if, as soon as they go stealthy, the turrets can't hit them. So they just stay behind the, the anaconda and just pommel away at it. But, yeah, as far as the my anaconda is concerned, really enjoying it. And I will probably be back online with it tonight after uh, after the show. So moving on from, from there, <laughs> at last, after half an hour... Um, we've had a, quite a little bit of development news since last week. Um, first up, Patch 3 has been released, uh, which came out, okay, um, the day after our show, as does seem to be the way. Um, now, this has led to a huge amount of salt. Um, the main two takeaways for this were that um, low-temperature diamonds values have basically plummeted Uh, uh and the demand has been fixed, and it's it has effectively meant that low ten- temperature diamonds are not the go-to commodity that they once were. However, it has seen that this uh, patch has also affected tritium mining, and that has caused a lot of problems because basically it's meant there's a quite a lot of maroon carriers out there now. Uh, Frontier have responded to this, saying that they are working, um, they have been monitoring the situation and are now working on a patch to uh, especially fix the tritium issue uh, because they believe that, uh, well, I think everybody believes that the tritium issue was an unintended consequence. And after all the discussions we had about the economy last week, they've gone and... uh, jumped on the LTD values. So what do people think of that one? I've been enjoying every single salty post of it. (laughs) (laughs) I must admit, so have I. Watching Reddit, you're just there going, oh, I just wished my my driveway was icy because I could just melt it. My other other thought, I'll keep the main discussion regarding it because my other thought links in with the main discussion. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I... I feel for people who are actually trying to use their free carriers for something constructive. I feel for those who are trying to get out to the deep space support array. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're basically stranded at the moment. Yeah, um, they, yeah. Don't I just... don't want to say that I'm particularly... It goes into one of the things I was saying last week. Like, you know, the Frontier have got so many special cases for things... And I hate to say this to any Frontier staffers who are developing Elite, but it really feels like spaghetti code. And I could be wrong there. I desperately hope I'm wrong there. It's a game. It's bound to be spaghetti code. 
Well, I, I know how yeah, our, our product at work, we've been developing it since about 2007, and God, we've got spaghetti code too. And that's despite the fact we're constantly trying to refactor our bloody screens. Oh, don't, don't mention the refactor stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm, at the moment, I am in, I'm suffering a lot of refactoring myself. But, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, there there is a, a theory going around that um, the servers really, the back end has hit its limit with a number of fleet carriers. It's causing problems. So they've gone and turned down the ability to buy them with the LTD. Nerf hammer, if you like. I think that's a bit too tinfoil hatty. It's a bit too tinfoil hatty. Yeah. Okay. Could be, I could be wrong there, but it's uh, it's too much tinfoil hat for me. I think. Well, um, we will uh, we will discuss uh, this probably in in further detail later in the show. Uh, but moving on from there, Stephen, yes, that Stephen has announced that. Oh, go on, Shan. What? Stephen. Stephen. It was Stephen. That's Stephen. Oh, that's Stephen. That's Stephen. No, not that. Not that. That other Stephen. This Stephen. He has announced that in August there will be the start of a new developer diaries series regarding Odyssey. There's no confirmed dates on this. It's just August. So um, it looks like we're going to be getting the developer diaries back, which actually, to tell you the truth, I'm quite looking forward to. We would like to. Anybody got any suggestions? The ironic thing about this is that Frontier already said during our run-up to Odyssey coming out, we're going to be saying more and more things, including developer diaries. So I guess that was the announcement of the announcement of the announcement. (laughs) And this is the announcement of the announcement of the announcement of the developer diaries. Uh, what form do you think these developer diaries will take? Do you think they'll be like the secret diary of Sandro Samarco, a thirteen and three quarters or something, or are they? You know, it would just be a video, right? You think there'll be a video? Yeah, yeah. Of yeah it'll be it'll be known as Space Loach Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> what interests me about this, as an aside, and it's not 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 it's slightly off topic, and it's something we've talked about before, but it interests me that. Um, uh, Frontier's uh, Frontier's idea, idea of communication is quite difficult. It's, it's quite different from players because I remember Ed Lewis saying once, "Oh, you know," he sort of expressed frustration on Twitter that people still said that Frontier communicate poorly, and he was like, "Look how much you know. Look how much we communicate. We communicate everything way in advance." And um, and 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 he meant like you know we post all these announcements of announcements and. I, like it interests me that Frontier think that good communication looks like, hey guys, we're going to do our first dev, we're going to do our first dev diary in August, um, and by the you know, and and our next update is going to come, uh, you know, before March 2021 or whatever. Whereas mm-hmm. the community think that good good communication is just, hey, this is what the 2020, the, the, this is what the new era update will contain exactly, and the, these are all the ins and outs of it. Um, and I think that that fundamental difference, that fundamental tension between what Frontier view as good communication and what, and what players view as good communication, is um, is the source of much, <laughs> much frustration in the in the community over the years. Um, well, anyway. well, Kai Zen has as says uh, uh, from the chat room that he he thinks it's effing fantastic because they've got a specific thing in August as opposed to soon. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. I, I I do agree. I think having I think the return of the Dev Diaries is. Is totally brilliant. I think the 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 thing, the biggest, uh, the biggest 
uh, absence that I've noticed from the newsletters is the is I mean this is years ago but the newsletters used to be great because they used to have dev stuff you know this is what we're thinking about this is some concept art this is mm. these, these are our ideas for features and and that all disappeared um and to be replaced with you know th- this is a coffee table that looks like a Coriolis that somebody's made um and um and re- a return to sneak previews of 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 what is going on at the studio and what they're thinking about is brilliant i think it's the best thing that's happened in terms of comms for years yeah, the only thing oh go on go on Sean. No, no, i was just thinking of dead eyes what i'm expecting is a series of beer mats with sticks <laughs> <laughs> so this is how combat is going to be like in odyssey and they'll be like stick men making pew 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 <laughs> <laughs> No, what I'm, I'm thinking is knowing our community by the uh, first minute past midnight on August the 1st, there will be people on the forums going, Oi, where's our dev diary? <laughs> you said August. <laughs> Game's dead. Yeah, doomed. Um, in other news, um, Arthur has been uh, in discussions with uh, people who are are concerned about Odyssey and VR. Apparently, Arthur is still, uh, and I quote this, gathering information uh, on VR for Odyssey. So um, he will let us know as soon as he is able to tell us whether VR will be available in any form in Odyssey. Um, There does seem to be a bit of confusion to whether or not VR is not going to be in or whether it's going to be into the point where it exists in the present game. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are just. I think a lot of people who are complaining about the lack of VR would be satisfied if they could. You know, you could have VR up to the point where you can get out of the chair. But um, at the I'd moment, be fine with that. I'd be totally fine with that. Switching yeah. the for getting out of the chair. I'd be, if it was, I mean, it shouldn't be beyond the wit of man to make it fairly seamless. You know, just take the headset off and then bang, you're on the main screen. Um, as as workarounds go, I'd be I'd be happy with that. Although I prefer Ben's suggestion of, you know, leave a, an easily editable config line where you just where where you just go in and change a like an N to a Y or something, um, so that players can use VR throughout at their own discretion. Hmm. If that makes sense. Well, we'll probably come across that. Uh, I'll discuss this a little bit later in the show. Anyway. Um, and finally, um, more community uh, manager news. We've lost Tim. Tim, uh, he has gone over to work for Planet Coaster, uh, Jurassic Park, and Planet Zoo, uh, while Paul Crowther, uh, who sometimes appears in the chat, I believe, uh, he's coming over to Elite. So our present team is Arthur, Bruce, Stephen, and Paul. So we've got four um cms which is sort of two more than we used to have so they must be ramping up for something colin it's four more than we used to have uh, they had like a game of musical chairs and the one without a chair goes to work on planet coast or something i don't think (laughs) i I don't think it's known as a punishment i mean i might be wrong here but I, i i i think Paul is Paul is it Crowley or Crowther or something? Crowther, yeah. Um, I have a feeling Paul Crowther is and has been a long-time elite fan, so it could just be a square peg fitting a square hole. Well, he, d- he yeah. does. 
Yeah, he does turn up in, in our chat from time to time. Yeah. So, um, Paul, if you're there, just we'll just give you a nice little wave and see if you're in the chat. <laughs> send our love to Tim. You know, we still love him, even if he's deserted us. Um, after two streams, two? Was it two or three? And, and, and Tim, if you are in the chat, the, the next time the music stops, sit down really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh dear. Right. Uh, <laughs> that is the development news for this week. And um, in the community in game events, we've had quite uh, qu- quite a lot of exciting stuff actually happening. Um, the Anti Xeno Initiative, their unofficial community's goal uh, to get their um, fleet carrier covered in Thargoid blood. Um, that it continues. At the moment, there are, are over 6,000 hearts being farmed. So there's about 4,000 left. Uh, this community goal is running until mid-August, so there's plenty of time to kill a Thargoid and drop a heart off and get a decal. Uh, but the big one, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a bit upset that this has happened, but Operation Ida, um, they've finished. Every single Thargoid station is fixed. They had a big push in the last week called The Hall to end it all. Fantastic name there, guys. It was was amazing. And um, they managed to fix the last six stations in just a week. Um, However, this does mean that we've got one less thing to talk about every week. Well, you know what that means, don't you? What, the Thargoids are coming back? Fight. Pardon? Fight. You've killed all the trash mobs, and now the boss spawned. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, Thargoid high ship, then, coming in and, and wiping out truckers. That's what we want. Filling up my hold. Yeah. Uh. And the, the Thargoid boss ship is actually able to target outposts. <laughs> oh my goodness I mean I, it is fair play to to the guys these are these guys have been jo- basically just non-stop trucking and it's been it's been one hell of a grind for some of them because it imagine carrying 600 tons worth of of goods all the way from the bubble to the Pleiades because some of those goods are only available in the bubble in one station God, that must have been such a grind. But they, they, they carried on doing it. It just goes to prove this of the the community. Is, yeah, the, the dedication of the, this community that we've got is absolutely unbelievable. The guys over at Operation Ida are amazing. I, mean, I know they've been inter- interviewed for Saggy and things like that a couple of times, and I know we've had representatives on that show and things like that, and they are so passionate and all, yeah, they just fix fix all the ships. But I almost feel sorry for them because it's like, well, we've done that now, and nothing's being attacked. What now? You know, what, I know. all of a sudden they've had these things that they've been doing with their lives. It's like, what do I do now? I know that that is the big thing because basically that's a lot of people who've had a goal, and that's it. It's gone. Yeah. And that, that also marks the end of all the Thargoid content, apart from the stuff that's happening in the Pleiades. There's, there's no more attacks. There's no nothing. We've humanity won this round of the war. <laughs> I, I just, 
I, I love Shan's idea of let's have a boss fight. And I just want, I honestly, yeah, and I, I, going back two weeks now, yeah, I am aware this would generate so much salt, but I <laughs> genuinely want the Thargoids to come in and fuck things up. And while they're fucking things up, I want us to actually see them ripping Lave Station to shreds. No, not, 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 not no, Lave Station. Tell nothing, them to nothing go. Is no, leave, leave, stay, leave Station alone. Just go and rip up Diesel. Just go and rip <laughs> up George Lucas Station. No, leave Lave Station alone. <laughs> go, go. But, uh, I, I wish. Regardless of where it is, I want the ships to not just be flying around Lave System. I want to actually be... If I'm going to Lave Station, I want to dodge Thargoids attacking us. And if we get rid of them, you know, a bit like in a war zone, then maybe Lave just gets damaged and not destroyed. Oh, man. Sure. But I want honest things here. Oh, question then. If you had to pick three stations for Thargoids to destroy... Yeah. What would you choose? I think I've got my three already, but I just want to know if you. Oh, there's, there's a thought. Three stations for the Thargoids to destroy. Do we mean completely destroy or just attack? Yeah, permanently. Uh, Earth. Why not? I would definitely go. Yeah, I'd definitely go with. Can I? Can I go with all the stations around around Earth? No, I have like out of the line thing. No, that's pardon. Yeah, like, like about out of the line. Take, take them all out. <laughs> um, okay, so 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 Ben's going for basically Earth's genocide. What about you, Sue? <laughs> I reckon uh, let's take out uh, the thing. Is it's um, stations? I mean, if it's got to be stations, I'd say Shin Shinrata Desra. Um, yeah, I can get behind that. That'd be fun. Uh, maybe just to throw the cat among the pigeons. Maybe something like Dekiat. Maybe Farsia Base. Um, I'd rather do planets. I'd rather do Earth, uh, Akinar, and or whatever planet, the uh, capital or whatever it's called, and uh, what the 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 one in the Alliance. I think that'd be fun. Um, it'd be difficult to. Oh, you don't mean Death Star kind of idea, and you know, have something find. So we've gone from one station to planet killers already. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I want to I want to jump into Sol and just see and just see lumps of Earth floating around. It'd be great. <laughs> Uh, Commander Ventura's gone a bit personal. There we go. Um, Obsidian Orbital. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My my three would be... Obsidian Orbital would definitely be on that. Um, Sorry, Marcus, but it's just fun. Um, My second one would be the base of the Hammers of Slough, Vesper M4. Oh, that would be Slough Orbital. Yeah. And then the third one, will I am afraid be Lave Station? I just got to wonder why, why Slough? It's, it's funny. Oh, because okay. Shan's in the Hammers as well, isn't he? Or he's friendly with Hammers and stuff. No, 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 no. I was threatened. I was threatened. It was. It was. It was, it was at the quiz at Frexpo seventeen. Uh-huh. It was Shan. Unless you do the quiz, we're going to tell everyone you were in the Hammers of Slough. <laughs> So I did the quiz. So blowing up Slough Station. You're right for revenge. revenge. And 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 Lave Station would be because you all would be out of a job, (laughs) 
and then I can hire you as my NPC crew. Yeah, but we are working in the bar anyway, so it doesn't matter. That's why you moved to the bar. <laughs> yeah, that's why we moved to the bar. Kai, anyway. if, the Thargoids, Kai if the Thargoids come and destroy Life Station, you're going to come and help us rebuild it, please, mate. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I just being serious though. I do think that some kind of a l- announcement that on Tuesday, on the twenty first of January, twenty twenty one, the Thargoids will be attacking Lave Station, and if humanity defeats the Thargoids in end end of the ship, end of the things, then we win. And but if the Thargoids win, then Lave Station's gone, and Potentially could get rebuilt. Potentially rebuilt as a Ocellus or something. Potentially okay. just be a cloud of wreck, a cloud of wreckage. Well, our our, um, our techie for tonight, Commander Ventura, he's gone real. He's gone real. I want to to destroy all um, all community efforts. He wants Lay Station, Hutton Orbital, and Slough Orbital to gone to go. <laughs> I'm just Kaizen said in chat, if Shan gets his way, you can all go to work at Sue's gin joint and Craig. Yeah, we've now caught Ben flipping burgers. We don't want that. No, I'll be flipping crepes. <laughs> no, that's too classy for you. I like good crepes, thank you very much. You'll be, uh, you'll be chief. Then we'll, some, then we'll pronounce some craps. So, you know, it's right in. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm waiting for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Oh, I suppose oh, I'll be boring. I'd say I want one destroyed from Earth, one destroyed from uh, Akinar, and one destroyed from um, the Alliance capital as well. I can't believe it. It's the last. I, I can't, can't remember what the capital of the Alliance is called. Though. This is this be a lot of good. Plague the Mighty goes, Colin, pick a target. And you just go, well, I don't know, that one, that one. And then, Henry. Yes. But uh, Alioth, there you go. So one station from each, just just so it's nice and fair. Although, to tell you the truth, I'm, I am tempted to just recommend another federal station. Leave the Imperials alone. Because <laughs> we're the best. Uh, Winston oh. would also nominate Hutton Orbital as a target. Because we all know they'd get halfway there and then get bored and go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> if they get all the way to Hutton, to uh, Hutton Orbital, they deserve it. <laughs> if the Thargoids get to Hutton Orbital, do they get the Anaconda as well? No, they destroy all the free Anacondas. No. Yeah, all the, the all those hundred pound hundred credit Anacondas which we've had on storage and on order just for people to buy, um, they you'll lose them. So I'm sorry, guys. You can fly all the way out there and place your order, but if the Thargoids get you there first, you've lost your order. Ah, dear. Anyway, moving on from um, rampant Thargoid speculation to another form of um, speculation, we have uh, the turning the wheel. Um, the Dark Wheel managed in the last instant to save their expansion effort and now have a rent arrived in the intended system for HR 4979. There's also been some conflict in, in for the control of Anyawa uh, and the Dark Wheel's influence levels have stabilised in LFT uh, 926 and Shin Ratadesra saw a small increase of influence. I wonder why. Mm. Anyway, 
Um, Kaizen would also like to point out that despite Commander Witherspoon's allegations, Elite Week is not using the Dark Wheel to take over Lave or Alpha Centauri. So um, uh, these are the uh, reassurances of a obvious politician and should be taken for the value that it is. <laughs> uh, so, yes, the Dark Wheel is um, continuing its effort to spread through the galaxy to see if anything happens with Raxler. And, um, well, fair play to you. Anybody else joining that one? Yeah, I've been running missions for them and doing doing fun getting that done because it's a good goal. I, I like it's a good idea. I like I like what they're doing with things, um, and it's it's an exciting and interesting time for them at the moment as well. Yeah, I mean, one thing that it's made me do is is made me do uh, missions that I'm not used to doing, and I've been finding them quite fun. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> okay, okay, Kai, that that is that is just wrong. You do oh. Right, Ben, you just read that. I can't okay, even bring right. myself to read that. <laughs> right. I, 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 sh- do y'all want me to try doing it in an American accent? No, I can't. I can't no. do an American no, accent. No, we don't. no, just no. don't. No. <laughs> just don't. So Kai says, we're totally going to take over Lave, uh, but we're going to leave Hutton B. She wants Ben dancing in a thong right uh, right as she clear customs in Lave Station. And then has Colin in a gold bikini. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. This is why Kaizen sits on the sofa and, like, eats strange creatures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, song is a bit like, have you seen the, you know, the crossover episode? No, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that episode, that, that thought in my head whatsoever. Just okay. move on. Can we please? We, who likes short shots? I feel I feel a bit sick of just come up in my mouth. Oh, Kaizen says we will then charge fifty credits for dark glasses so you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the sunglasses uh, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which turn black at the any oh, sign of danger. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, moving on from there, um, we've obviously had a, a newsletter and a uh, uh, and a store update. The uh, the peculiar. Get you on that call. Yes, the Ask Out Predator paint jobs come out, and the Beluga Liner Sheer Line uh, paint job has come out. For a second there, I couldn't say Beluga. I don't know why. It just kind of stuck in the in the mouth. Which I really really, wish I'd chosen a different phrase there, but never mind. Uh, And of course, the the latest newsletter has covered quite a lot, uh, which we've already talked about at the moment. So um, if it's okay, we'd like to take a short ad break and uh, we'll come back with our main discussions and community corner after that. Attention. Attention. Second technician Chris Forrester to the emergency air locks on deck six. I repeat, second technician Forrester to the emergency air locks on deck six. Ah, technician 
Forrester, just the man, just the man. Now, we need you to get in the airlock. The what now? The airlock, Forrester, the airlock. The Remlock vendor is malfunctioning. I'm sure a quick clout with your trusty wrench will do the trick. <laughs> no time to dawdle, come on. Employ the month of warning for you here. Just step this way and... Brilliant. Warning, depressurization Depressurization Warning, depressurization Attention, attention Clear docking bay and launch rubbish pickup tug I repeat, clear docking bay and launch rubbish pickup Hey buddy, why the long face? Exploring is boring! What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store! And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa! Sounds like you've got a case of space madness! What you really need is... Really Big Gas Tank! What? With Really Big Gas Tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort! No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel! It's as easy as honk and go! Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go! Wanna be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go! And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go! Gee, thanks, Master! No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Jumbonium 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, tripism, and spontaneous stargold face. Use only as direct. Right, I think we are still without a Colin, but our main topic for discussion this evening is we got a lovely letter in, um, and Colin hasn't actually said who it's from, so apparently we got a question from somebody, and whoever you are, thank you very much, um, and complain to Colin that he's not accredited you. But should VR, he's asking, I'm assuming it's a he as well, actually, sorry, uh, should VR players have to pay for a VR upgrade to Odyssey? No, next question. <laughs> I think the point was discuss. So, I mean... Oh, no. <clears throat> well, I guess that's like, okay, so... I'm explaining what, what I think he's getting at first. So I think he's meaning, okay, you go and pay your finger out my ass figure and you pay 20 quid and get Odyssey. Um, how much do you charge for putting your finger up people's asses? Uh, I'll do it for free, but you know some people charge. What in a um, in a thong? Mm, that just makes it easier. Anyway, <clears throat> um, so you know you pay your twenty quid, and that gets you access to to Flatland Odyssey, shall we say? Um, but then you maybe pay an, an extra five quid in a year's time. And that gets you access to VR Odyssey or something like that, I guess. I, I'm, I'm guessing that's what he means. Oh, is, is this what um, the main discussion that who, I was... Who, who asked that question, Colin? I you did. Know? Oh, you okay, you're the one who asked the question. I, I asked this in the forums. Okay, okay. Whether you brought up there as a question saying, should VR players, and I assumed somebody had asked us of us. 
Um, well, no, because it, it, it was something that occurred to me uh, when everybody was discussing this, mm-hmm. and I did, uh, and I did notice though there did seem to be a little bit of resentment about uh, from so-called pancake players, if you like. I mean, I don't mean to label everybody like that, but there are a lot of people saying, "Why are is content that we're never going to be able to play because we don't have the equipment taking up or going to delay uh, our?" Upgrade, and when you actually look at other VR um, products, such as say Skyrim, uh, Skyrim VR is an actual whole other forty quid game. You don't you, get a, you don't get access to it if you've already got Skyrim. No, you don't. You, you have got to buy it again. Yet uh, other games like No Man's Sky or Pulsar, they give you access to VR for free. Well, so does Lead Dangerous at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but, or going the other direction, the oh, um, Star Trek Bridge Crew. It's gone off and done a Flatland version of Bridge Crew, hasn't it? Yeah. You don't actually need VR for it. Well, the point that I was making, was, was trying to make, was um, surely in this day and age, maybe because VR involves a lot more... Um, development work to do to to give you the same uh, but the functionality the end functionality would be the same what I mean is you know when you're flying your ship you're still flying your ship it's just you can look around it all the time mm-hmm. it's it's just the point is the fact that they're adding that look around it or the, adding the mobility that's an awful lot of development work that will be needed I don't know. and it'll have to be paid for and if it comes out of the development budget for the whole game, so to speak, a lot of people who won't use it might get a bit hacked off. See, see I'm not sure. I mean, I, I thought about this question when I saw it uh, earlier on today. And I think you could charge extra for VR had the precedent not been set for having VR bundled with the main game. That's That's my first thought my second thought well actually i'm going to be i'm going to generalize here but i would imagine a significant number of people who play elite in vr Mm -hmm. have lifetime passes so therefore they wouldn't pay for the vr update anyway and if you made them pay then that's a whole different (laughs) pile of salt but um if assuming they are lifetime passes then you're left with comparatively few people to pay for the update, and, and I would suggest that that number is so small it would not make the development costs work anyway. I don't, I'm not sure it makes sense to... Um, what, what we're doing is arguing over... We're, we're, we're doing the armchair game dev is hard thing again, aren't we? We're, yeah. N- nobody from Frontier has said anything about this at all. We're all just speculating about why they may or may not be working on VR. Is that right? Well, we we know, but we don't know whether or not the VR will be included in Odyssey in any form yet. No, but we we know that they've said it isn't planned at the moment, which in game dev talk, in my opinion, means we're not doing it. Um, that they haven't said anything like, oh yeah, you know, we're not doing it because there aren't enough VR players, or we might, but it involves loads of extra work. That's just community. That's just community gossip, isn't it? Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so, on, on yeah. So we're we're assuming that there's a ton of extra work involved in VR. Frontier did say that adding VR to the to the base game 
was relatively straightforward and they did it because it would because it would um uh it because the potential reward was quite great and the uh, the marginal effort was quite small relatively um there's there's no good reason why that is not the case now they're already making the environments vr doesn't require new assets it's just a way of it it, it just involves tweaking the way that players Ooh. screens show existing assets no that's true oh no it's not have you have you had a chance to play uh, no man's sky in vr yet yeah and you know that at that point the user interface is completely different yeah uh, user interface yeah that's true there is yeah there is. the way that the way that you move about all that's got to be changed the the way that the you interact with the uh, the UI, such as you know, you're actually touching your glove, you know, like the the controls on your wrists. Yeah, but uh, no, that, we're just doing I mean, Devers hard chat again. How do you know that that's not quite easy to do? Like, you know, we, you know, adding a new screen for this or adding a new menu item for that. Like, you know, if you're developing a game, new menu items and stuff is kind of, you know, they've been they've been walking they've basically been adding an entirely new executable on which is walking around with with first person combat like against the backdrop of that adding a couple of new menu items doesn't seem doesn't seem particularly stretching i mean we're, we're all just doing we're we're all just doing isn't game dev hard stuff and and armchair dev development and um and i appreciate i'm probably talking out of my ass but i just i just feel a bit like i just feel a bit like we're we're having a discussion over complete nonsense because frontier haven't said a single thing um for oh. what it's worth my opinion is is probably that um yes Bethesda did sell Skyrim VR completely separately, but then again, it was a complete Brucey bonus. It was never packaged in originally, as as you guys have pointed out. There were tons of other games that packaged VR in um, uh, completely for free, and uh, and given that Elite Dangerous is always shipped as one of the flagship VR titles, it it wouldn't make sense to to charge charge. Yeah, Mac raised an interesting point. Uh, yeah. Ben's Ben's got to go first, and then we'll come back, to Mac. No. Thinking that it's a bit like asking people to pay for RCX support or DirectX 12 support instead of DirectX 11, or for that matter, I don't know, supporting Linux or macOS. You know, it's like you've got all these things that, all these features that are in there that you don't use, but the person down the street maybe uses from you instead. So, yeah. You, I'm not sure you can limit things off like that for for everyone. It's, it doesn't quite seem fair to me. I think if they did do it, it, if they did do it, it would be viewed as a bit tight and and a bit of a shame. But I, I think they could probably get away with it. Um, the um, you, you know you might run into slight problems with people who bought Elite because it was a VR title. But then again, you know they've had se- they've had six years of of decent play out of it. So like. I, I think they could get away with packaging as a se- as a separate game and charging for it separately if they wanted to. I don't think they would. Mm-hmm. Shan? Well, I was going to mention what Mac uh, said in chat, which is quite similar to what um, Ben said, actually. Mm. Um, uh, and Mac's basic question was, well, where do you stop? Where do you draw the line? Um, you know, For example, not everyone can afford or wants to play with a hotel, so therefore... The, oh, uh, I, 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 I feel VR is an exception to that, really, because a Hotas, you you can basically, you know, a, a game controller is something different from a VR setup, because 
it, it it does take things up to a completely different level. You don't have to do as much coding for game controllers as you do for um for VR. And uh, I'm afraid it, it's just that in my experience of developing some AR stuff, I found that was a lot more work, a lot of work to do something very little. And I, I get the feeling that it's the same with VR when you start moving about in a first-person mode. Not for sitting down. For sitting down is relatively easy because they've managed to implement that before in, in a couple of days. But when yeah, you start actually walking around and you've got to try and maintain that, oh, God, how am I going to say this? That immersion <laughs> when you're walking around, that's when VR becomes a lot more of a challenge to code for. And that's why I thought maybe it might need an extra an extra small price point on top. Not a, not a brand new game like Skyrim, but just something like a little bit extra. <laughs> However, I seem to be in the minority in this one. <laughs> I'm afraid I think you are. Um, I, I, de I definitely can see where you're coming from. Um, and I suspect people who only play in VR would be, hell yes, I'll happily pay an extra fiver if that gets me VR in my game, thank you very much. So, whilst I think a lot of people would be, yeah, I'll I'll do that. I'm not. I'm just not convinced it's something I can get behind. <laughs> if you want to help develop funds, buy some paint jobs and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, but you can't say I'm only buying these paint jobs because I want VR and Odyssey. Because <laughs> that that's the way that the that they would know that that's the reason they're getting this stuff is because they're expecting a VR and Odyssey later on. <laughs> oh, Colin, you have you have another fan, and Vanator in Twitch is saying VR in FPS. I think he means FPS in VR. Yeah, is a significant effort. Exactly, um, and I completely I completely agree. It is a it's a hell of a lot of work, um, and I wouldn't mind that. So Vanator wouldn't mind them asking for for you know here give me an extra give me some more money, and you get now get VR VR mode. You see, that's the thing. I wasn't saying that they should charge the same as, as basically a whole nother upgrade. I was just saying it's a sort of supplemental thing on top. Um, <coughs> I wouldn't want the, the Skyrim situation where you have to pay for Skyrim yet again, because how many copies of Skyrim have I got? Colin, <laughs> I think the, the answer that we all know that has been <laughs> and proven to work with Elite Dangerous is for you to write an open letter. Oh, of course. Yeah, I, th I think I'll start working, uh, drafting one now. Mind you, can I just put a disclaimer? This this was just a thought. If Frontier do run with this, please don't blame me. <laughs> Max actually made a very good point, Colin. Mm -hmm. um, he's saying that by developing for VR, you're get just like developing for consoles, frankly, you're spending a lot of the time doing optimization, so you'll be getting even if you don't specifically have VR, mm -hmm. you still get all the optimizations and things like that that they did for it. We still get full mouse look and things like that in our keyboards, in our using mouse and keyboard. They could potentially even get it so you could lean in and lean out, I guess, if they really wanted. 
Yeah. Uh, we don't I, have that, but we could. Well, if I remember rightly, according, uh, um, according to the uh, David Brayman video, it was a case of three days. It took one day to code in. Yeah. Um, three days to actually test to make sure it was proof of concept. And then basically from that point on, not much was actually needed. I, I suspect, I mean, I could be wrong here. Um, I suspect the basic feature might have been three days and then everything else then adds probably about another two months on or something. Mm. If, if, Frontier, um, if Frontier say it was quite easy if we did it in a day, it, do, it doesn't make a great deal of sense to then start to then start deciding that actually it would take loads and loads of loads of more effort to uh, to do it for Odyssey. I'm not yeah, but Sue, the big issue with Odyssey versus what we currently have is FPS in VR is Why? a bitch. Why? Where does that where, where does that stat come from? Like, is that a fact? Who, who, yes, it is a yes, fact. It's a, it's a, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. It is a fact. When you when you have sixty developers for f- four years creating Half Life Alex, well, in order yeah, they and made, most they, they made that they made that game from scratch. Like it takes it it it, it yeah, takes, it right, takes so tens of developers hands, several years to make any game. Okay, for example, right at, at the moment we just have our avatars uh, and they're just doing their things. If you're running around using WSAD. You're running around using WSAD, and you're you, it can just be animated, and it's fine. Mm. If you have people, if you're going for a proper VR experience, then essentially you're having to model and animate the entire skeleton, especially the hands. And oh, hands, hands are no. Oh, you really want float? Right. You, have you, have you played? Have you played No Man's Sky multiplayer in VR? No, because I haven't got VR. And, oh, right, okay. But I have I have seen games where you yeah. only see the hands, and I, frankly, I, that looks fucking shit. It's fine. It's totally it's not fine. fine. It's and, lame. And Hello Games is a team of like twenty five people, and they and they added VR in in. Admittedly, it was their biggest update of the year. Yeah. but they added it in one of their in in one of their regular annual updates. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm yeah, not but it took I'm three years to put in. I'm not. It was well, three yeah, years but, down the lane. Well, the, yeah, but, the issue, Stoof, though, is if you're actually going to be having proper motion on your hands, motion on your head and face, that has to be represented to why? you. Why do you need proper motion on your head and face? Right. Oh, uh, well, you're I, actually, Ben... leaning forward backwards. I, yes, right, ben, 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 just let me explain this. Yeah. Now, there, there, is a, there is a Half-Life mod um, which will allow you to play Half-Life in VR. Now, if you play that, you end up with motion sickness and a whole load of other things because it doesn't uh, it, it, the the uncanny valley, the, the the disconnect of you in VR with with the controllers and everything else causes an awful lot of nausea with people. So, in order to get a f- proper first person experience, they had to do basically, as you said, strip it right down to the beginning and build it up. But it wasn't just you know the, the environments that they did; they they spent an awful lot of time getting the the first person movement right. Because if you have um, if you don't get that right, then basically the entire experience is is ruined. And then on top of that, you've got people throwing up in buckets next to playing playing the game. Do you mean I, locomotion or animation? Locomotion. Yeah, okay. 
because that's that to tell you the truth so we completely agree probably putting in the user interface and stuff isn't that big deal is but it is the locomotion and the movement about that does cause the problem in fps i i I just feel i I, you're, you're probably right i just slightly feel like whenever there is a Whenever there is a slight diminution in ambition for elite, everybody lines up to to explain why and to make excuses for it. Like, oh, we know we can't have there aren't going to be atmospheric landings. Oh, well, you know we can't atmospheric landings because it's so hard. Game dev is so hard. Oh, you know we're not having VR in Odyssey. Oh, well, obviously we can't have it because it's so hard. It's so hard. And I feel like we do this over everything. And we've been doing it. We've been doing it about Elite Dangerous for six years. And I, I, I just I don't know. I sometimes just think. You know, rather than constantly making excuses for why we can't have nice things, wouldn't it be nice to assume that things are possible until we're told that they're not? Like you say that it took it took Hello Games three years to do to do it in No Man's Sky. Okay, but they're a much much smaller team. They're a team a quarter of the size, and three years is as long as they, as as as, a, as Frontier have been working on Odyssey. I'm I'm not saying you're wrong, and this is really just a this is really just a wail of frustration more than a more than a um, I'm trying to prove you wrong. It's it, it it's more it, it's just it's just that you know in the absence of word from Frontier, right, it really it irks me when we put words in their mouths and, and make excuses for them and, and decide that things are hard when we haven't actually had any conf- confirmation that they are. Well, this is this is the problem because me and Ben are coders and we're, we're developers, and there are times you. You look at the timescales and what is achievable and you use your own real-world knowledge and suddenly think, they'll never get that in. It doesn't matter if you've got a team of 80. Unless unless those guys are basically hooked up on coffee 24-7, then there's no chance that that'll get done. Yeah. And that that is where a lot of this, well, in my case, this is where a lot of the realism comes from because I'm there thinking, they'll never get that done. And it is lowering expectations because effectively we've seen um, a whole load of things where people have just gone rampant with the expectation and then whinged about it completely afterwards. Slight aside, is there anything that you've been surprised by how much they've achieved? Is there, is there anything? Is there anything yes. in least development when you've been like, oh wow, I you know as a coder, I've, I'm baffled that I'm amazed that they managed to do X, Y, Z. Yeah, 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 quite a lot actually. Um, basically, the planetary landings within a year. Shan, do you want to take? I was going to say the um, the, the Stellar Forge was, mm. was amazing, but also it it sounds so simple when it's explained to you, but it's pure genius the way it works. Was the way the Thargons are coded, yes. the way the swarm works. Pure genius that was. I know. I must admit, as soon as. Um, oh, was it Mrs. Was it Mr. Kirby that was was doing that one? Adam Woods wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, it, no, Adam Woods is the production. He's not the the coder who, who came up with. That. I can't remember who was uh, who came on stream to explain it. But yeah, that a lot of. I mean, me as a coder, I was there going, "That is really, really clever." <laughs> um, I mean, the whole Thargoid stuff, in my opinion, if, if is really clever, but the problem, I don't think they've fixed the the heart bug, which is a bit of a problem. And I don't think they're allowing people to report on the heart bug problem anymore, which is even worse. I uh, I haven't watched that Thargon video. Yeah. 
anyway, shall, shall we leave the VR discussion for the moment? Because there's, there's other things to talk about. I yeah, think so. It's going to be a bumper long show tonight, isn't it? <laughs> I know. We're going, we're going hell for leather on this one. Um, obviously, <clears throat> with the amount of salt regarding the LTD fix, I, you do have to wonder whether or not the community can take the changes that would be required to fix the economy. Because we've been discussing this a lot in the private rooms uh, uh, here at Live Radio, and I think everybody's agreed that the co- the economy needs some kind of overhaul or looking at, and we're just scared that Frontier won't do anything about it because of the feedback. Who'd like to start? I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, I don't think it should matter what the community thinks. Um, because, <laughs> well, be, being realistic you know, here, if you want to stabilize the economy and actually make the effort people put in to earn credits and therefore make credits anything meaningful again, it's going to have to happen. And it's in my mind, it's kind of like, well, this is going to hurt, but I have to do it to save your life. Everything you know, you might not like your leg being amputated, but. It has to be done for the, the, the health. So it's almost like it has to be done. And regardless of the soul, regardless of how much plus it kicks off, it just has to be done. And I, I think historically, certainly in my experience anyway, um, if you explain why you are doing something and what the negative effects have been, generally people will, yes, they'll moan a bit, but, but they will accept and think, yeah, okay, you got a point. And that action, although unpopular with some, actually gains more respect than just letting it fester in the corner. I'd also say that um, the uh, you, you, you can't please everyone all the time. You just can't. Um, mm-hmm. Because because people have different aims and they want different things. Uh, and and if, unless everybody wants exactly the same thing, you will necessarily upset somebody when you try and do anything at all. And this is true in, in, in any kind of creative endeavour. Um, so on on the firm knowledge that you will definitely upset someone by doing anything or, or even inaction, um, it's about picking the people that you want to upset. And if I was Frontier, I would say, okay, we've got this quite toothsome, quite thinky, complex space sim that really apply that really appeals to to sort of techie types and, and people who love astronomy and, and, and all that sort of thing and, and has loads of has loads of sort of real world physics and and, and stuff. Um, do we, you know, which tribe of gamers do we want to please? Um, and if it was me, I would say, well, you know, if you're if you're inhaling the game in a period of fifty or sixty hours, and what you want is to race through the the ship progression as quickly as you can, and be able to and be able to earn your tens of billions, so you can get the biggest thing in the game, boast about it on Reddit, and then move on to something else. You know, mm-hmm. are, are you our core player? Are you the are you the person we're trying to please? Maybe not. You know, you know, there's. If it was me, I'd be thinking, you know, we've upset somebody every single time we've tried to do anything. Every single patch, every single non-patch, every single announcement about patches, everything, you know, everything we've done or not done. Yeah, is sold. That's oh, life. Life. and it's true whenever you make anything. Therefore, pick your enemies, pick the people you're going to piss off. Yeah, I'd completely agree because no game development ever wins against the content locust, and negotiate yeah, content locust. You're on a hiding to nothing. You just will never, you'll never, you'll never feed your content locust enough 
so don't even try. Absolutely, yeah, couldn't put couldn't have put it better. I mean, how much effort, just in a ballpark figure, how much effort do you think it would need to fix the economy? I don't. I, I don't think it would take that much. Um, sorry, John. The um, uh, it's the, the problem with the economy is really that mining is 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 really that risk reward is out of kilter. Um, as um, what's his name Arthur on uh, Kai Zen's fantastic interview that premiered today explained. <laughs> um, the the devs are well aware that some things have a completely skewed risk reward scale, and they are happy with that. They don't mind the fact that exploration doesn't pay as well as mining. They don't mind the fact that AX pays really poorly because you know it, they they've incentivized what they think of as the least sort of um immediately exciting activities by making them more lucrative and anything where they feel like the gameplay is reward in itself is um they've priced accordingly so given that that's their philosophy actually making sure that everything is perfectly balanced in terms of risk and um in terms of uh in terms of earning power isn't you know there's no point in having that conversation because it's not what frontier want um, so really, for me, it comes down to just nerf mining. Like, sorry if sorry if that pisses you off, but like the the easiest way to fix the economy is to nerf mining so it doesn't pay more than more than I don't know smuggling or that doesn't or heavy trading or whatever. That's only half the pitch goes through, though, isn't it? It's, Why? It's, it's, well, it's all the stuff that's gone on before. It's like saying, okay, I've I've now locked the door the vault door to the bank, so no one can go in and steal the money when people have been going in and nicking money for years. Probably, probably the, the one that would generate the most salt, but I think that would fix it, my own personal sort of mean view, is for every command, the total at the amount of um, tons mined, and then deduct one million credit from their balance. Yes, it would leave some people in with huge debts, but then they're going to have to sell the shit or their fleet carriers to make up the debt. So you just do that. You just, for every ton mined, deduct a million credits. And you're done. Because even if you've done like, the low temperature diamond things, you still used to sell them for 1.6, 1.7 million credits. So you're still making six or 700,000 credits per ton, even if you do that. Ben? So, I mean, it's like we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks that it's not just a case of nerfing one thing or buffing something else. The entire economy needs to be normalized. And then, frankly, I would actually do. I'd, Definitely do one thing, and I could be coaxed into doing a second. Uh, normalize everything. Make sure that's a, the earning per hour rate is where you want it for different activities. Once you are sure you have that, frankly, oh dear, every commander in the galaxy has been killed. You're now at zero credits, zero ships. Sucks to be you. You're on about a complete reset. I am on about a, you know, when Odyssey drops, you get a complete reset. <laughs> I would also be very tempted, you know, while you have a complete reset, you have the introduction of one, maybe two other game modes. And one being, essentially, let's call it sandbox mode. So you're in your, ga you're in your galaxy and it's a, it's a completely separate galaxy, but you have infinite resources, infinite money, infinite materials... And you can fly to Felicity and say, "Here's that beer or whatever it is you want," and you know, give me my widgets. And you can fly over there and you can say, "Here's this thing." Uh, so yeah, you know, and uh, I'd call it sandbox mode or something like that. So one, 
Well, are you saying you got- something like mine, Minecraft creative mode or something? Well, it's essentially, but obviously it's not Minecraft and it's not creative mode. It's just like, you know, Elite Dangerous, but every ship is zero credits and you don't, you have an infinite amount of materials. Wow. So I must admit that would just kill the game for me personally, but <laughs> Shan? Yeah, but then it would, the other side of that would be you can also log in and congratulations, Colin, you're a brand new commander, go. I was rather mischievously going to suggest the only way to make credits in this new normalized world was uh, <laughs> yeah. CQC. Yeah, only way to get credits is via CQC. Souverine. Um, I yeah, I, I think the, the the problem with I think the problem was in the question rather than the potential answers. For me, I don't. I think that when we people talk about the player economy, the problem is that there isn't a player economy. Elite Dangerous is not. Um, Elite Dangerous doesn't have a player economy. There is no, apart from the fact that now you can artfully slightly transfer wealth using fleet carriers, um, until then, and kind of despite that, we still don't really, like there isn't wealth transfer between players. Players can't produce anything. All they can do is buy things. And broadly, uh, without without quite a lot of fucking around, all they can do is sell things to stations. Um, They can't, for for the most part, players can't really effectively sell things to each other very well. Um, players can't produce anything in the game. They can only trade. They can't, you know, players have no use for something like atm- atmospheric processes beyond being a store of value. Um, there, there is no such thing as the player economy because the pl- because players do not do anything except move wealth around and store it. They don't interact with each other barely on an economic level. They main, they only interact with the game and on uh, in an economic level. So so conversations like how do we fix the economy in Elite Dangerous and and, and you know oh it, the horse has already bolted. There's no point sh- shutting the stable door and stuff. It kind of ignores the fact that that really in practical terms, elites you know the the, the problem with elite is is really that loads of players have way too much money and um and that there are the ways of making money are unbalanced the um the former is only a problem if you feel like other players affect your gameplay and again that doesn't really happen in elite elite is not very well equipped for pvp pvp isn't particularly well supported unless you go to hotspot systems like cgs which don't happen anymore or um or like shinra to desert at certain times or uh, Dekiat at certain times. You generally won't get involved in PvP. Um, P- like the some late game stuff, like Powerplay or BGS. Okay, that is kind of competitive, but it's indirect PvP. It's not. It's not direct PvP. And actually, most people PvP at all. Elite Dangerous doesn't really have a player balance problem because the players don't really. There isn't that much player interaction. Like it's it's really a shared single player experience, um, and um, that that has kind of an imperfect and indirect multiplayer. So, like, questions, you know, so worrying about whether the economy is broken because loads of players have too much money really comes down to how much does it affect you that Colin now has an anaconda? You know, does it matter whether it's taken him six years to get that or does it, or, or six days? And, and really that is, you know, as, as, a, as a veteran player, I don't actually give a toss whether somebody <laughs> else flies a Corvette or not and how quickly it took them to get it because Elite Dangerous isn't that multiplayer a game. Like, it's all very indirect. Um, so I, I feel like the, 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 there are two separate, separate questions here. One, are the ways of making money balanced in the game? Um, and therefore, does it lead to um, sort of the right incentives and uh, and a round of experience in gameplay? That is, that's clearly something that needs addressing, and Frontier are clearly doing that. The question of, is does the economy need fixing, assumes that there is an economy, and I just don't think there is. 
Well, you're certainly right about there isn't a player economy, but there is the 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 fact that we've got buy sell, uh, you know, <laughs> buy low sell high is is the way that you know people actually make money in this game. Yeah, there is an economic simulation. Yeah, totally, yes. totally agree with that. that that's, that's what I mean because what, the, that's not what people are talking about when they're talking about nerfing mining and stuff. That, 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 what, what, they're not talking about the fact that oh, it's unrealistic that people pay this much for low-temperature diamonds. They're talking about um, they're talking about the fact that the the impact that has on gameplay for, for certain players. Well, it, the, the, it does go down to the fact that someone can go well used to be able to go low-temperature diamond and end end up getting the elite trade rank and the 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 higher ship within a couple of couple of days. And the main problem with that is is actually the amount of content they've missed out on because no one yeah. no how one much, is how does that how much does that affect you like you know we all wring our hands about how terrible it is for the new players that they can that they, they don't they don't have like those great times sipping about in a viper like we did you know really who cares it's not our problem like if they want to do that it doesn't it really doesn't affect us at all well it does when the player numbers drop and all of a sudden you, you realize well what's happened to all these players that have, have come through and they sort of went well they got bored they got to the anaconda and went away uh, potentially, but that's a very anecdotal concern, and it's also not borne out by reality. We're seeing the highest player numbers we've ever had because because Frontier have introduced the perfect storm of a big bauble to earn for and a really effective way to earn for it. But well, I, 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 we're, I, I, we're seeing the end of that now because we, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. Yeah, because the, I, 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 the I play numbers are dropping again. It, it feels a little bit like moralizing to to argue that that um, that it's a terrible thing that. Um, that people are earning stuff too quickly. I, I just, I just don't think elite is structured in such a way for it to affect us enough to for us to legitimately be able to worry about it. If it was Eve Online a, or something like that, then yeah. At a pragmatic level, Sue, you know, from a logical level, Sue is correct uh, in that it doesn't really affect anyone. And uh, an anaconda costs the same now as what it did three years ago. For example, there's no player inflation. I think where the discomfort, and I'm talking about me personally, comes from is it almost seems as though um, because of my care and my passion for the game and the community, it's like I, I almost don't want to see people being shortchanged in the game experience because of an imbalance in the way the earnings happen. I mean, it's, imagine, for example... Um, Bill Gates went around in his car throwing out bundles of million pounds in tenors to everyone. Okay. Then is would that be a good thing for the community in the UK if everyone or, or most so, people managed to grab a million pounds from Bill, from Bill Gates? No, because there wouldn't be any sense of accomplishment in, in getting <laughs> that's that. That's nonsense. That, that's <laughs> different like a... because... That, that's, that's, that's you really sound like a Tory different. MP in about 1809. Jesus Christ. I, I think that, that's it's different. It's good to work for things. The poor ought to it... work for their central heating. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. But there is a difference in behaviour where if it's handed out relatively easily and there has to be, uh, someone then has to embark in a variety of different activities to achieve the same result. And so... And again, I'm talking from the health of the um, the community, really, personally. 
Right. Well, I, I think <laughs> I think we're going to underline this discussion here. And the last word goes to Commander Miggles, um, who is put in part of the problem with mining is it's the only incentive to do is credits. So everyone always heads the highest paying items only. I would love to see something like pl uh, players mining copper for use in microchip manufacturer manufacturing, which can then be turned into various modules, which it all comes down to the demand thing not working properly. That would be yeah. a true player economy, though. If 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 you had to mine things because they were useful in in the in the value chain, useful for producing things, that would be a, that would be a real economy. Yeah, I mean that is. There's always been something in the economy based around the demand. So basically, um, things cannot be produced. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it. It's sort of a, like if uh, things can only produce produce at a station if it's had the um, uh, the appropriate deliveries. So basically, there's a huge demand for copper because it can't do its superconductors without it. So therefore, the price of copper goes up, but and there's no superconductors. That I mean, that's cool. That's not how elite works, though, is it? I think that they they tried to implement it. Yeah, I heard, and that. I don't think they've succeeded. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, just before we move on, I, this may interest people to hear that Star Citizen had the original had that plan as well, and have since moved to a model that their BGS system is called Quanta, which is different from Quantum Drive. Um, and um, th th what they're doing now is a uh, player influenced but largely um, but largely curated economy, whereby if you, for example, blockaded a certain system that made uh, semiconductors or um, and stopped all the all the raw materials reaching it for the, for that product. Um, the demand would increase, but you couldn't cut it off completely. They, they you know they looked into it and they decided player a completely player driven economy sounds great, but actually in reality it would impede the experience if mm. if what is a numerical minority could could completely like completely alter the economy like that and completely cut off production of something that actually might be really useful in gameplay terms. So even Star Citizen, which is often dismissed as hopelessly ambitious, has conceded that a completely realistic player-driven economy isn't actually desirable. So I don't think I don't think it matters that 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 that's the case in Elite either. Right. Well we're going to we're going to um, put a pin that to the wall and, and come back to it probably again and again over the next couple of months until the developer diaries come and then we've got something exciting to discuss <laughs> in the meantime uh, oh this was this one's quite fun um jonathan tea times says i don't think fleet carriers can be considered as a credit sink as they cannot be destroyed they they hold more treasure than uh Nobody can steal slash destroy. <laughs> There's a point. We go back to, do you want to blow up fleet carriers? <laughs> Cue mountains of salt. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that should keep Shan happy for, the, for oh, a week. <laughs> anyway. Moving on from our uh, I main discussion, we've, we've got quite a lot to see in the community corner. Um, first up this week, uh, we have to congratulate the Burr Pit. They have reached 10,000 subs on their YouTube channel. Uh, so uh, it's been a really, it's really good to see them uh, really accelerate. It wasn't that long ago they were celebrating five. 
However, next to our next item, we have to say congratulations to Obsidian Ant for reaching 200,000 subs on his YouTube channel. <laughs> it does put you all into perspective, doesn't it? Um, I mean, Obsidian Ant does a fantastic job, and he's also got a Patreon, so um, which helps him fund uh, his video efforts. And we know that he's got absolute terabytes of video images just so that he can call it up and put the videos together. So, uh, yeah. Um, yes, the other things we have, we have um, Commander Darwin. Now, he is offering a shuttle service on his fleet carrier to visit the Gnosis. Now, for those of you who don't know, the um, Gnosis is, or was, the Canon Interstellar Mega uh, the Canon organization's mega ship. Now that has been decommissioned now that fleet carriers exist, and it does a kind of auto tour of the galaxy. So, uh, but so if you've ever wanted to visit the Gnosis, Commander Darwin is offering a shuttle service to wherever it is in the galaxy, and we'll put um, the link into the show notes for you. Now, we have an awful lot of um, buckyball news. Uh, at this moment, the keys to the carrier race is on, uh, and it will run until the 26th of July. Um, for details of that, obviously, Alex, that well-known nerd-a-well commander, Alex Turner, uh, he will be your point of contact, quite easy to find on the forums. However, they have announced a new race planned for November. Uh, Speedball 4 is in the planning stages, and the aforementioned Commander Alex Turner and Prime Down Casual uh, will supply the details closer to the time. However, we would recommend starting to strip down your ships and work out your racing builds now, because these guys will be fast. Now, um, we have some unofficial sequels to Drew Wagar's Elite Dangerous Premonition. M. Lehan has written some on the forums. It's uh, a four. Uh, the forum posts about them, and they are actually hosted on Drew's site, which you'll find at uh, drewwager.com slash Elite Dangerous Saga. So Elite Week at the moment is, well, has just been released its latest uh, uh, interviews, this time with Arthur and Stephen. Um, are we referring to Arthur as Arth from now on? By the way, I figure it if Arth calls himself Arth, then I'm going to call Arth Arth. Okay. Um, it's no half measures. Two of them you call half half. Does that make them seals? <laughs> I've made that joke too as well. <sighs> well, this was just released before we started, uh, but Witherspoon says it's very good. <laughs> I'm assuming Witherspoon with the Witherspoon. Sorry, oh God, sorry, the Witherspoon, and is going to kick my arse in one of his Galnet news for that. <sighs> but. Um, I take it you worked on the sound. So moving on, um, obviously the the question that we'd like to ask this week is: What do you think should about uh, the VR upgrade? Should VR uh, VR players uh, pay a little extra for VR with Odyssey? I've got us. Judging by the response tonight, I think it's going to be a resounding no. But it'd be interesting to see. Now, does anybody have any other business before I do our final shout-outs? Not for me. Right then. Well, if that's the case, um, 
We'll give a yell out to our sister st- station, Hutton Orbital Radio, which broadcasts on a Thursday from half past eight British summertime. You can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discordme slash elite dangerous CQC. That's all one word. Um, we'd like to thank to ev- uh, thank everybody who's chipped in on the Twitch chat and uh, also anybody who's buzzed Ben in the last hour or so. Um, and also following this, I do believe we have a Galnet news by Commander Wotherspoon. See, got it right that time. But for the moment, that's it. For- Colin. Oh, hello. Oh, um, you, yes. you, you, sh- you go first, Shan. Oh. I, I was about to say, um, no. if... if- we choose her an orbital as our thyroid station to get blown up. Okay. And it will be shorter each week because you won't have to shout out that an orbital. No, they'll, they'll just they'll, they'll just move it to Birmingham World or something like that. It'll be. <laughs> it, 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 it will be. Docker's radio instead. Yeah, it'll be, it will be Docker's radio instead with a lot more squelchy noises. And nobody wants that. No, nobody wants that. But- I was just wondering, though, Colin, is this week's episode of Garnet News Digest a genuine Werther's original? Uh, or at least a yes. Weatherspoon's original? Weatherspoon's original, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear a, 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 one of those dust bowls in the background. <laughs> you gotta love that tumbleweed. Yeah, tumbleweed, yeah. Well, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. You can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to come out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you would like us to discuss in a future episode. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at uh, 8.30 British Summertime and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Suverine, thanks to Shan, thanks to Ben, and of course special thanks goes to Commander Ventura, our tech specialist, for this evening. But until next time, Commanders, fly safe. But if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? It's like something in the the galaxy.
Ah, oh, damn it. No worries, guys. Hold the fort for two seconds and I'll be right back. People of Scotland, people of the United Kingdom, I am His Royal Highness, Lord Savage. News Digest, 21st of July, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, fleet carriers stranded by tritium shortage. Supply and demand double whammy for miners. Buckyballers steal the keys. The last push for Operation Ida. Literary Corner, The Developer's Diary. Fleet carriers stranded by tritium shortage. A sudden and unexpected drop in the yield of tritium mining locations has left many long-range fleet carriers unable to move after they ran low on fuel. The problem was compounded after supplies of the fuel in Colonia, the only tritium market outside the bubble, ran out. The cause of the shortage is not understood, although there's a rumour that it may be due to a bug introduced during a recent firmware upgrade to Prospector Limpets. A spokesperson for the DSSA explained that the tritium may still be out there, but that's no good if it can't be found, adding that the future of the array and the future of fleet carrier-supported exploration was at risk if the fault cannot be found and rectified quickly. The Brewer Corporation is concerned that it may be hit by a large number of refund requests if fleet carriers remain unusable due to the fuel shortage. The owners of fleet carriers in the bubble have been urged to make sure they have enough tritium for their entire journey before setting out. Supply and demand double whammy for miners. Miners are up in arms after being simultaneously hit with a drop in the market value of low-temperature diamonds and a drop in the availability of the commodity. Having become used to earning vast amounts of credits for very little effort, the economic reality of oversupply and the depletion of natural resources has come as something of a shock for commanders, many of whom have done little else for the past two years. Work is being carried out to determine whether the resource depletion is permanent. In the meantime, many of the miners have decamped to the forums, where they've been mining a new commodity, halite. Buckyballers steal the keys. In another blow for interspecies cooperation, the Buckyball Racing Club is this week engaged in the systematic looting of ancient keys from Guardian Beacons in the Sinuf sector. The idea is to get three different keys from three different beacons and race them back to the Keys Cut While You Wait carrier in the Sinuf HP-E B45-7 system. Guardian beacons are rather impressive structures and are well worth a visit, if only to wonder about how much they look like Monty Python's Black Knight. But if you want to take part in the time trial, you'd better hurry. The race finishes this coming Saturday.
In related news, Commander Primetime Casual has given advance notice of the fifth Speedball event, the ingeniously named Speedball 4. Anyone who wishes to take part and become one of the fastest commanders in normal space is invited to join the Discord. The last push for Operation Ida. It's been nearly two years since the Thargoids started attacking stations in the Pleiades, and Operation Ida has been working to repair the 197 damaged stations since January 3304. Now, 18 months later, their work is complete. The first station took nearly eight months to repair. Now, with the benefit of fleet carriers, the final six damaged stations have been repaired at a rate of one per day. Of the 197 damaged stations, all have now been repaired. Operation Ida's apparently Sisyphean task has been concluded. With the AXI initiative ripping the still-beating hearts out of the few remaining Thargoids in the Pleiades, it seems that the Thargoids have been conclusively and permanently driven back from the bubble. Congratulations are due to Operation Ida. And for those commanders wishing to give the Thargoids a good kicking while they're down and earn a decal in the process, the Anti-Xeno Initiative is halfway to its target of 10,000 Thargoid hearts to be delivered to the Astros fleet carrier in Steropi 2. Literary Corner There have never been more sources of information about the galaxy. The Flight Assist podcast, Navlocked on Commanders and Communities, presents a series of interviews with notable commanders. Fangs Magazine brings to the page true stories from the galaxy. Not one, but two books have been written by M. Lehman, bringing us up to date with events in the galaxy after the death of Salome, and are available on the website of the scribbling Senator Drew Wagar. Into the Black and Shadows of the Past are totally genuine, authentic, and completely unofficial accounts, so there's plenty of excitement to be had. Sagittarius Eye Magazine has a new editor, Mac Winston, and an unrelated new weekly broadcast, the Inner Orion Network, seeks to bring news written by commanders to a wider audience in the absence of an official Galnet feed. It is presented by Amy, the voice of Galnet. Finally, the Burr Pit has reached the astonishing milestone of 10,000 subscribers. This success is almost entirely down to the astonishing camera work of Commander Rini, and is not at all due to Commander Burr's terrible puns that subscribers are subjected to every episode. The Developer's Diary Dear Diary, I am very excited about what is coming in the 2020 update, which will be released in 3307. This update will be called Odyssey. It is top secret and I am not allowed to say anything about it, because telling commanders what is coming might get them all in a tizzy with excitement, and we wouldn't want commanders getting excited, would we? Had scrambled eggs for tea. Went to bed with a nice mug of cocoa. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you 
don't have to. According to uh, scientists, Uranus is full of methane gas. I think you're right, though, Colin. What have you done with Shan, and when can we have him back? Before you get all sorts here, smells like it too. Mirth, horrible stains, marigolds. Butch Mirth! There you go. Don Kedick. It says here, next. My dear man, Cox. Like an obese child. No. Diva. What? It's the 34th century. What the fuck's that? Patient. Nada. Sounds of Jesse, because it is Michelle. This is Beyond Dockers. Beyond Dockers, a mockumentary podcast available at bs-dockers.com. Also on iTunes. Hey, oh.